following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Going beyond the box score and the diamond, this is the show with the latest news and information on your hometown nine and the entire organization. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Twins. Chris Atterbury with you with here you as we kick off another edition of Inside Twins. We are doing this uh, via Zoom today as uh, I am joined by Alex Hassan, the Director of Player Development for the Minnesota Twins, and he is kind, he's enough, kind enough to join us after coming off a long stretch on the road. Again, we're going to chat with Alex, working ourselves right up to today's edition of the Adina Realty pregame lineup card. Following that, the Twins try to complete a sweep of the Oakland Athletics. Twins in search of their ninth consecutive home win and the Athletics trying to avoid losing nine consecutive games. So first and foremost, Alex, welcome to the show. It's great to have you with us. I know you've been traveling, and I want to start with something that almost happened yesterday. Uh, We looked at the original posted lineup uh, the Twins were going to roll out yesterday, and before Trevor Larnick's injury, which has landed him on the IL, I texted both you and Jeremy Zoll. I said, wow, nine guys drafted or signed internationally and fully developed in-house by the Minnesota Twins were going to be in the starting lineup. If you could speak to that point in terms of you know, watching the development process from the very beginning, from where you sit, what is it like to be able to look at a major league lineup card and see that sort of a lineup reflected? Yeah, I think it was, it's pretty special. Uh, the, the, the thing that jumps to mind is just how many hands and how many people go into making something like that uh, a reality. Uh, I think you know, in the, in the line of work that we do, partitioning credit is like very, very, very difficult. There's so many, there's so many things that go into it, you know, identifying the right players, selecting the right players, signing those players, developing those players and across a, their development over a number of years, it, it's not one area. There's so many things, it's mental skills, it's nutrition, you know, it's on-field coaching, it's, um, you know, dealing with failure, it's, um, just, you know, individual skill development. So there, there's just so much that, that goes into it. It's such a long time horizon that uh, it's just, it really is just a, a testament to, a, to collective effort and um, something that I know a lot of people feel, feel really proud about. Yeah, and on top of that, it's not as if this is a, hey, let's burn it down and rebuild it and give a bunch of young, unproven guys a chance. This is a first place team that it's happening for. And when I look at it, I see two distinct waves of homegrown players. And it's not always easy to integrate uh, a new wave with an old wave. Often it's out with the old in with the new. And I think the way these two have kind of melded together, uh, when you look at the Byron, Kepler, Polanco group, and then kind of the Royce and Miranda and and Kirilov group, uh, pretty smooth so far. Uh, I, I know necessity is the mother of invention and it comes by injury or by weird opportunity, but uh, the fact that you can keep two groups and merge them into one is not an easy task. Yeah, no question. And I think, you know, what we're really proud of is those guys at the upper levels, have, you know, they've, they've continued to focus on their development and, and continue to try and take steps forward. And, um, you know, we, we've challenged, a number of those guys at the upper levels when they're, when they're one level away to continue to, to develop aspects of their game or you know, their swing or their defense or whatever it ends up being. And um, to see, you know, those guys be able to, to step in and, and be serviceable and, and, and help our team win. I think that's, that's most important. So uh, that's a testament to, to those guys that we have at the upper levels to, to continue to be coachable, continue to work, continue to develop, um, 
you know, as, as close as they, they are from the minor, from the major leagues. Entering this season, big question marks were around pitching. You had Griffin Jackson started a few games. You had Joe Ryan had started just a few games. Bailey Ober had started the most games of the returners, but even Bailey was on a very specific program a year ago. We've been talking on this program and others with yourself, with, with Derek, with Thad, with Jeremy, with Daniel Adler about this wave of pitching depth in the minor leagues. And when you and I talked at the end of last season, we said, okay, you had the interruption with the pandemic year, no minor league season. You had some injury issues last year with a host of guys, but you were just waiting to see the fruits of all this labor wash up on the shores. But we're seeing it now. I mean, whether it's Josh Winder, uh, whether it's Duran, or whether it's uh, other guys, even though folks like Alcala have been sidelined by injury this year, we're finally starting to see that. As a guy who has had hands-on in this pitching development program from the very, very beginning, um, A, is there more to come? And B, how excited are you to finally get to see this play out? Yeah, it's it's been awesome seeing those guys, you know, touch the major league level. I think as we all know, pitching is pretty scarce and uh, it's, it's, it's tough to find. It's tough to find in free agency. It's tough to find in trade. Um, and and the more you can develop it internally, the, the easier that makes things um, you know, organizationally. So uh, we feel really good about the group of guys that, that we have up there right now. Uh, certainly watching those guys make an impact and, and being you know, key contributors to, to what we've done to this point at, at the major league level. That was great. And that's a testament to, you know, our, our, our pitching development over, over the last, um, you know, five years plus, I know Pete, Pete Mackey was our, our coordinator and he's now uh, contributing at the major league level. Um, JP Martinez had a big hand in that he's over with the, with the giants now, but now, you know, continuing that with our current group with Justin Willard and Zach Bobe and Nat Ballenberg. Um, you know, I think, I think those guys are excellent and, and, um, you know, certainly combining that with our, our selection in, in the draft, like we, 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 we do have a good crop of, of pitchers and, you know, we, you mentioned the names that are, that are impacting the major league level right now, but I, I do believe we have some names behind that, that um, we're hopeful will we'll make an impact at some point uh, in the not too distant future. Well, you saw one of them recently in Simeon Woods Richardson. He hadn't given up a run in his first several starts. I know that whole series in the Varland v. Varland matchup got wiped out for a few days, pushed back because of poor weather. But tell us about what's going on at Wichita because you have your reigning minor league pitcher of the year in Louis Varland who had a phenomenal campaign last season. And you've got one of the prize jewels in your system in Simeon. Uh, what did you see with your own eyes? Yeah, those guys have just continued to take steps forward. I think uh, with, with Simeon, he's worked on his, his velocity, getting that back from – he was a little down last year with a, a really intermittent year for him, but playing in the Olympics and then being traded while he's over in the Olympics and then having the downtime when he's trying to reintegrate back to the States. So uh, his, his velocity is, is ticking up. It's ticking up in the right direction, and um, that's made all of, his, all of his pitches play play a little bit better. Uh, he's continued to throw strikes and – um, really has, has taken a step forward from what we saw last year. So we're excited about uh, where he's at and he's off to a great start so far in double A this year. Uh, Louis Varland is, is like another guy that you, you mentioned. He, he's developed as much as any player I've seen in my, my time here. He was a you know, later round pick and uh, used the, use the shutdown to really just, um, you know, overhaul his every, everything about his game, his body, his pitches, uh, his velocity. And uh, he's a guy that has continued to take steps forward. We've seen some really bright spots so far at Double uh, A for him, and uh, a guy that you know we think has has major league potential and uh, isn't 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 too far off from um, from the major league radar. 
And he's got bragging rights because he beat his brother Gus uh, head to head the other night. So little brothers everywhere can rejoice uh, over over that accomplishment. You know, when you talk about pitchers, and you never quite know what they're going to be as major leaguers. And Griffin Jacks this year has changed himself completely. He is a slider machine now. Uh, we know the slider is the toughest pitch to hit. We know slider usage is up across the league. We know Wes is the mayor of Slider City. Does that trickle down? Do you take your prospects, and if they haven't thrown that pitch before, are you trying to implement that as part of your developmental process as opposed to when they get here? Yeah, I think it depends a little bit on the guy and a little bit on the rest of their arsenal and how those pitches play. Uh, but, you know, certainly for for – essentially all of our guys were trying to figure out how do we, how do we optimize their mix based on the way they throw the ball and based on the way that they move um, to produce the best outcomes possible. And for a number of guys, yeah, sliders are a really effective pitch, as, as you said, um, for other guys, you know, who have a slider, it might be change up development. I know that's where Canarino's uh, development track. It was, it was really more towards developing a, a, a change up, but um you know, it really just depends on the, on the individual, but the, the general point is trying to figure out how do we optimize their mix to give them their best chance of, of being successful and, and ideally missing bats. Yeah, and even then when they get here, it can change. Bailey over dominated with a changeup as a minor leaguer, and he's changed his repertoire to be a very effective big league pitcher. Yeah, and that's something that we've all had to, you know, accept and wrap our heads around that oftentimes there is a plan to get the player to the major leagues and they needed to take certain steps to allow them to become major leaguers. That final step often presents new challenges and that's not a slight on the way that we got them there. It's just the reality. And so if there is a, if the game's telling us something at the major league level that it wasn't telling us at the minor league level, we need to be comfortable with the fact that we need to adjust and come up with a, you know, an additional plan or additional weapon or an additional approach uh, to help, help those players take that final step and get over that, that last hump of being successful at the major league level. And I think that's partly what you've seen with, with Griffin for sure. Alex Hassan, an outstanding two-way player in his day, former major leaguer, currently the director of player development for the twins joining us on inside twins brought to you by Killebrew root. They're locally owned and operated how memories are created. Legends are made. We have to take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the rule changes being implemented at the various levels of the minor leagues and how that has worked into the developmental side for Alex and his crew. That's next right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. Chris Atterbury, Alex Hassan, we're kicking it old school with a little Zoom show here today. Alex just back from a long trip on the road. And, and Alex, let's zip through some of the rule changes. You and I talked about this a lot last year. Everybody was learning through it. It's still very much a fluid situation, but I'll just kind of mention one of the changes. It doesn't matter what league it's in, but kind of just tell us how that's affected your players and what you're seeing through your eyes from maybe a little higher hot air balloon uh, viewpoint. Let's start with pitch clock. Everyone wants to talk about pitch clock. I think minor leaguers even more recently have 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 not been unfamiliar with this, but have you seen uh, any issues with the pitch clock itself or maybe the length of time on the pitch clock? Yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's been, you know, individual instances where, where a strike is called or a ball is called or something along those lines that, you know, players obviously would prefer to have the pitcher throw and determine that. But I, I think overall, largely it's, it's, it's operated, you know, very successfully. Uh, I think the overwhelming majority of the time it, it keeps the game moving at a, at a really good pace. And 
it has certainly shaved down the times of game. So uh, that, that rule, like I'm pretty in favor of uh, for, for a lot of reasons, but uh, we've, we've had, you know, relatively uh, problem-free implementation of that one and feel, feel really good there. There's been pushback from certain elements within the game. A lot of the, the pitching gurus or so-called uh, and, and different pitching development folks saying that the pitch clock is going to injure players because they don't have that, that extra recovery. Uh, I know it's something people look at. Have you guys looked at that and seen any concerns from that end? Yeah, I, I think that's still one of those things where jury's still out on, in our mind. Um, I understand the, you know, concerns and, and I think that's something that we, you know, don't take lightly, but you know, so, so far on our end, nothing, you know, has stood out on a, on a really negative uh, direction, but I think that's an area that we, we still have more to learn. Yeah. And with the arms, I mean, let's be honest, throwing a baseball that hard, that often is, is unnatural and they get hurt. And a lot of times we don't know why we don't know if it was usage. We don't know if it was bad luck. We don't know if it was, I mean, it, there's a lot of variables uh, in that automatic balls and strikes. I know Sonny Gray had his rehab in Fort Myers. He loved it. He challenged. In fact, he lost both of his challenges when he was challenging balls and strikes. Uh, how has that gone over? Yeah, that's one that we we started with last year. We've had some experience with it. Obviously, the challenge situation is is new. Uh, you know, I that's another one that you know Major League Baseball is is working on and wants to test. And I understand the 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 reasons for all for all those things. That's one of the ones that we're we're compliant with, and we're going to try and test out and, and give it our, our our best shot. I think there you know continue to be uh, some differences with particularly with, with, with the walk rates um, in terms of, you know, just, just their, their walk rates have been, been elevated since we've been using ABS system. I think it's been improved a little bit so far this year. Uh, but, you know, those are one of the ones that I think, you know, we're, we're focused on being compliant with and, and going to do our best to, to, you know, optimize with, with, within that system as when it's in place. Will you tell hitters, Hey, this is what we're seeing. Be more patient with that in play. Yeah, I think that's something we're trying to tell all of our hitters, you know, the, the value of hunting pitches that, that we can really do damage on versus the ones that are a little higher risk. And if you swing at those, they either are balls or just not, not great balls to hit consistently hard. So I, I think that message lines up pretty closely with what we're trying to trying to emphasize with all of our hitters. We spoke with Ramon Borrego. I know you just visited with him in Wichita about the, the ball, the pre-tacked ball. And I know Simeon had said it's not the same one they used in the Olympics, which Joe Ryan was a, a huge proponent of. What have pitchers told you? And as a former pitcher, did you have a chance to mess around with that ball at all? Yeah, I have. Uh, they're they're, they're going to try a couple different model uh, baseballs. Uh, I seem to – I really like it. I think the reviews have been pretty positive on the one we used to this point. Uh, I probably don't have enough personal knowledge to know which one compared to the others, but the fact that they are adding a little bit of, of tackiness to the ball and trying to, you know, reduce the, the need for some other foreign substance to, to get a good grip, I think is, is good. And um, our guys have, so far have like, like the ball that we've used for this first trial. I know we're going to switch to another one um, in, in a few, I don't know, a couple of weeks, but Who knows? Um, so far it's been, <laughs> been good so far well and that staff has performed so well that i feel like uh that they would be sound weird if they said they didn't like it when they were yeah. mowing everybody down uh using that ball shift rules and i don't know how active and aggressive these have been implemented but it's one everybody talks about it messed around with i want to say in wichita last year for at least part of the season have you seen any change there any change in either more base hits uh, more people running or anything along those lines 
Yeah, though, that, that rule is implemented double A and down at the triple A level. They've, they've, they allow shifting just because it's still a rule that you're able to um, take advantage of at the major league level. So they want that level to have as much continuity as possible, but double A and down, it's something that, you know, we're, we're all teams are operating on, under the same rule. So, you know, we're, we're, we're fine with that. Um, I would say like not, not drastic, nothing drastic on that front. We, we, um, you know, it's, a, it's altered certainly our, our positioning and the way that we, um, that we do shift. It's, it's, they're, they're less dramatic than they, they were in the past. And we, uh, you know, had a pretty clear method for implementing those in the past. So we, there's been an adjustment there, but I think overall, like not, not as, um, you know, obstructive as, as maybe you might, might think. Would you have any concerns developmentally that you've got an infielder who's not allowed to shift till he hits triple A and then gets to the big leagues where a second baseman is going to play half the time on the other side of the bag. Yeah, we, we still in spring training, we, we, we took a, we did a lot of our work still out of, out of shift positions. And um, ultimately like, you know, if you're getting to that level there, you, you, you are, you know, weeding out some skill and there, there's some, you know, natural development where if you can make it to triple A, you probably possess some, you know, de- decent defensive skills. So um, we're hoping that learning curve isn't, isn't too big, especially we still get some reps in the practice setting from from shifted positions. All right, great firsthand knowledge there are some of the rule changes that people bandy about uh, from a guy who's actually seen them in play, and that's the director of player development for the Twins, Alex Hassan. We've got one more segment with Alex before we get set for our pregame lineup card and then baseball on a gray Sunday at Target Field. It's coming up next on your home for Twins Baseball. Pleased to have you with us on this Mother's Day Sunday. It's Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created and legends are made. Alex Hassan's job is to develop legends in the Twins minor leagues and send them to target field. And uh, they've done a whole lot of that of late. Alex, I don't I remember who told me this, but somebody told me, and it's outdated now, it's been a week or so, that the Twins minor league affiliates combined had the highest winning percentage of all major league organizations. And again, I don't know if that still holds true. I know the wind surge have won like eight in a row, but is that something you pay attention to? Yeah, I, I think generally, yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, winning's part develop- of developing, right? Yeah, right. And like, I don't think developing and winning are competing ideologies. I think they go hand in hand. And ultimately, like when you cross the lines, you're there to win the game. And I think that's important mentality that we just don't, cross the lines and say, Oh, well, it's just, just about development. And you know, that that's an excuse for poor play or, or not fit focusing on fundamentals or not competing to win. Uh, I, I, I think that's an important thing now. Like, would we choose to win over, you know, just, just developing you know, a, a player or, or an important prospect? Like, no, it, development is certainly important, but, um, you know, I, I just think that we can do both. I think as we develop players and as we get them to make changes to hopefully help improve their game uh, and then get them to compete and compete with a clear mind uh, and, and see those changes hopefully play out over time, I, I do believe that'll that'll lead to, to more winning. But I couldn't agree more, and especially with the young high school kids in particular, 
so much of their game time now is showcase team or where they're not playing as a unit to try to win a game at the end of the day. And it's awesome uh, that that is happening and being, uh, you know, emphasized in the minor leagues. I know you were just down at the Academy in the Dominican Republic. That's not an area we talk about an awful lot, but how are things progressing there? Yeah, things are great. And that, that comment around, you know, showcase focus and not having played a lot of games. I, I think that holds true in, in the international space as well, where, you know, you are scout, scouting players that are, that are, you know, much, much younger and it is very scout um, showcase focused in terms of how a lot of that scouting goes on. So I think that's paramount for uh, those players that they do get a foundation uh, in, in just playing the game. And that's something that, you know, we've tried to improve, especially over the last you know, couple of years to continue to, just get basic developmental fundamentals in place for, for that subset of population. So, um, you know, great, great to, it's, it's energizing to be around that, those groups. Uh, they're, they're fun to be around and there's so much baseball ahead of those guys. So, um, yeah, had a, had a great trip down to the Dominican. Yeah. And that Academy, we should stress also is not just about playing on the field, their graduation ceremony that they have the, on the education side, uh, is one of the best moments and one of the highlights every year of everything that goes on across the twins developmental system. That's going to pretty much wrap up our day, Alex. Hey, it's great to have you with us. Hopefully we get to do this again in person real soon. Uh, and uh, you stay safe on your travels around the minor leagues. Thanks a lot, Chris. Yeah. Alex Hassan joining us, director of player development. They are doing a bang up job. And again, I can't emphasize enough how cool it was to see nine grown position players in a lineup for a major league club. And as Alex led off the show by saying how many different hands have to be involved, just like nobody can make the major leagues on their own. That's a group accomplishment. Nobody makes the major leagues as a player through a developmental system without a lot of people being involved. And it was a very cool moment we had here yesterday while eight of them were taking the field. That's going to do it for us. We've got more to come. We've got the pregame lineup card coming up next. I'm heading upstairs right here on your home for twins baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.